Good morning and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Carver and of course I've got my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee in the house. Rob, how are you doing? Doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be back with the show. We have a, you know, we've got an action-packed episode this time. It's not just you and I talking, even though I enjoyed our conversation on Wednesday. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I went back and listened to it again and I thought it was interesting. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the Hollywood Squares, though, we've got a guest. So Mr. Yes, Douglas... Mr. Douglas Reed, EVP of Source Audio, is with us. Hi, yes. guys. Hi, guys. Good to see you again. It's been AKA a while. AKA podcastmusic.com. Yeah, I, I miss right? seeing you guys in person. This is the, all these yeah. virtual conferences. Uh, you know, I seem we get a lot, been a little bit different, but I kind of miss rubbing elbows and, uh, you know, it's seeing everybody. So, so you know, uh, we're just, before we went on the air here, we're talking just a little bit about podcast movement. Virtual talked a little bit about it in the last episode. You said, you laughed and said it was a little lighter on the pocketbook. Yeah, when you don't have to do hotel rooms, booth, electricity, <laughs> AV, internet, airfare. Yeah, a few zeros short on the, less on the budget. Yeah, I don't think a lot of folks, unless you're actually doing a booth, um, you know, understand just how expensive it just adds up. And uh you know, and, and the nice thing, though, about this and the virtual conferences is that, you know, I actually got a chance to go to and see some of the panels. I mean, which, right. you know, when you're working a booth, you never really get a chance to do. So and I like the fact that everything was taped and available almost immediately so that you can watch it at your leisure uh, a little bit later. So yeah. I think that, that was really very effective. It was. And, you know, we did a couple of live demos in our last live demo day. Things kind of went sideways as they do. My devs had made a it made an update and I went to demonstrate our ad insertion system and I pop, pop this new screen. It says, Hey, acceptance is accept this license agreement. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> and I clicked it and I'm thinking, okay, it'll go away and we'll be on with the demo. No, they broke. So I was, <laughs> we, did, we were the last, I think right before the end party, we were kind of the last networking event using a thing called Shindig, which is a great concept the tech's not quite there yet. So we had lots of stutters and we were trying to play music <laughs> videos and they drop out and stuff like oh, that. That's, that's, and it was a good chat. We had, we were able to get everybody on that we wanted to, but I think it uh, may have gotten a little frustrating for people that were trying to watch it and uh, <laughs> things were freezing and hanging up and stuff like that. Yeah. I think a good analogy for Shindig is uh, Fisher Price, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, it was a little bit childish. It wasn't a very advanced platform. It had a, it had a great idea behind it, but it just the execution of the actual software was a little bit mm, childish. Yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, anyways, <laughs> we've yeah. uh, you told me you got some stuff going on here and some big news on yes, well, the music podcast side. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, podcast music, as I think everybody knows, this was actually our fifth, including the one back in uh, February, our fifth um, uh, podcast movement. So we've been doing this with you, you folks since uh, 2000, 2017. And after getting the initial uh, round of podcast music started, we've been very aggressively pursuing, uh, you know, trying to come up with a licensing scenario for getting feature music in there. And the big news is, is well, there's, there's a bunch coming up there, and there's going to be a bunch of press releases dropping shortly um, that the industry has been hugely interested in this. Uh, the big news is, is that we've signed the Mavericks. Uh, they're going to be probably next week popping up on their own site on podcast music. And this is going to be the first you know, Grammy Award-winning artist 
that uh, they just released their first Spanish album, En Español, uh, that debuted at number one on the uh, Latin Billboard charts. So a lot of their music is coming out to be licensed directly to the uh, general podcast community as an actual podcast license. That is, you'll get the license, you'll download the track, and you can embed it in your podcast no matter where you're being hosted or something else like that. Uh, we're also following that up very quickly with a group called Feral Latino. Uh, Feral Latino is the largest media group in Latin America for independent Latin artists, and they represent about 5,000 of them. And uh, we're talking with them about doing a test run with some of their more popular artists as well as some of their up-and-coming ones. And uh, so that's going to be coming on in the uh, next week or so. They're really pushing it because they, they all have a lot of Christmas music. They want to get that stuff out there. So, and the last one is we're going to be trotting out, you know, one thing I talked about last February, we've been beta testing our own artist submission uh, program whereby podcasters that are working with local artists can send them over to our site. We can get them licensed properly and get them up into our platform to the rest of the podcast community. And that's going to be really exciting. And that should be dropping Monday or so. It's an application to fill out where we have to be sure that what you're going to be submitting to us you actually own the rights to do this. You know, we walk you through the entire thing. And the beauty of it is that podcasters can get their stuff, the music they want to use properly licensed, but the uh, artists also get a lot of exposure. So we've got about 15 or so independent artists that are up there right now. You can find them under our subscription program there. So that is available right now, these guys, uh, under the Indie Artist tag. That is um, – you know, if you have a subscription to podcast music, their stuff is available for use right now. And I just encourage anybody to go and just give these guys a listen because there is some superb stuff there. This is all through 9420. Uh, they're a group that is one of the top um, – they really specialized in crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, uh, getting artists into the you know um, studio to cut their new EPs. They run about an 80% success rate with doing that. And a lot of these guys sound like that. You know, they could be top forty artists already. They, they just sound that good. And there's a lot more coming. We've had a tremendous amount of interest in that, and that's what makes me really kind of excited because, you know, the Mavericks are a top-rated band. You know, it, it, you, the license is going to have restrictions on it. It's going to be, you know, we're working the pricing out. It may not be for everybody, but this is the experiment. You know, somebody's got to be first, and we got to play around with this. But on the other hand, the indie artists are coming in without a lot or with any restrictions about how their stuff wanted to be used. They're just excited to get their stuff out there, and we're happy to be a part of it. So any idea the price range to be able to – now you're going to be able to play the full clip. That's my understanding, <clears throat> right? For some artists. The indie guys, yes. The Mavericks are going to be probably limited to 30 seconds. You contiguously that is you can keep playing the music but you can't play the whole thing in one chunk uh it may also just be a two-year license to start out with um this is one of the things that in order to get this done we have to deal with a lot of what are they called? lawyers to get the uh <laughs> thing uh you know out there and it looks kind of like a rugby scrum when you're getting into all the negotiations here we're getting it out there and to be honest, folks, here, the feedback, if you decide not to license the music, uh, is going to be as important if you decide to license the music because this is going to be an evolving process. All eyes are on us. They want to see how this is going to happen. Other big artists are going to be coming up in here. You know, we've got the, again, you, you guys have been kind of on the inside of a lot of the stuff. There's, there's a lot of activity going on there. But the Mavericks, God bless them, have volunteered to be first. And let's see what happens. So, 
how is that going to work then? Because podcasters are not used to taking episodes down. So if you get a two-year license, are you going to send them a reminder that your license is expiring and you have to renew or? We have set it up so that basically what we're trying to push on these guys is that it really isn't the time factor here. You have to get used to the number of downloads per episode. And one of the things, and Todd, this is your info we've been using with these guys here. It's just like, there's not a lot of long tail in most of these podcasts. And, right. You know, after a month or so, it really, you know, that's why people aren't going to be want to renew it. And, you know, are you really going to get your attorney to go after the guy to pay five bucks because he's got 10 extra downloads that year? You know, it's so play with us. Um, you know, it's, you know, it, you know, right now it's, you know, remember we had a lot of news the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think Song Exploder has announced that they just aren't going to be renewing stuff and they're not going to be taking stuff down. So, you know, let's just see how it plays out. Uh, you know, two years is a lifetime in podcasting. That's true. So, and it's going to be different. Feral Latino guys are going to have different programs. It's, we are actually categorizing artists. We've got the emerging artists that are going to be kind of, you know, one set of licenses and stuff like that. We've got the established artists, the folks that are better known and have kind of a fan following. They're actually, you know, probably signed and releasing stuff. And then we have the premium guys, which the Mavericks fall into. And, uh, you know, that is going to be a license initially for a single podcast episode. You play the music, you're licensed for that episode. Um, you know, it's there, there's concern, probably restrictions on the type of podcast, you know, they, no political stuff or anything else that might get, you know, the artist freaked out about again, work in progress. So right. I'm just encouraging everybody to jump in there. There's going to be a lot of different options, but, uh, you know, at the very least give the new up and coming guys a listen because you'll be really pleased. And I think, you know, we had, uh, Gabrielle Grace on our, our little cut, you know, who's one of the artists and she's got two tracks up. They sound great. And uh, these guys, they want to be interviewed, you know, so it's going to be a lot of fun to set all of that up with the podcast. Community. How is the, you know, we've had a lot of takedowns recently and it it was a, just this like six month surge and it's kind of quieted down because maybe they cleaned everything up, but there was a surge of, of takedown notifications. Mm -hmm. How does a podcaster not get a takedown notice when he's got a signed artist that maybe is on Spotify that is also, so how is, how are we going to make sure that we're not dealing Licenses with says or work with the, the top of the food chain on this. We are working with the actual owners of the copyrights. So the thing I remember about RAIA or any of the PROs, they don't actually own anything. They just represent. So the guys who actually own this, you know, this is, we're working at the top of the food right. chain on this. So that trumps anything that a third party would you know, want to come out with. And another great thing about this, and I mentioned this, you know, which is, this is a really big deal, is that we've gotten a tentative agreement from one of the two biggest PROs in the U.S. to go along with us on a one-year trial basis. And we'll, you know, we're getting all the other ones lined up as well. What this means is that the performance royalty, which is, does it apply to podcasts, doesn't it, is all kind of vanished up in there. Because the artists wanted to do this this way is that we will be reserving a portion of the royalty that we collect for the songwriter and publishers <coughs> and sending it to the PROs with the cue sheets of the episodes using it. And that's a big honking deal because they're on board with this and they want to see it work too. And the beauty of this is, is now we can start taking this internationally as well and work with the PROs and other venues. 
set up their own uh, licensing solutions for podcast music. So does that mean that we'll see more artists and tracks become available um, at a faster clip? Because it, it sounds like what you're saying is is that you're having to work with individual artists to get the licensing done instead of working at a level of you know bulk, you know, like a CD Baby or something like that. Um, is that Hang kind on. of we're actually talking the all this process? Too. It's we're, we we have communications with a lot of the DSPs out there already, and uh, the question is who owns the rights to what. And right. the reality of it is, is that a podcast is a synchronization or a master use license. And there right. is no organization that handles that on a bulk level. That is always right. negotiated by the label on a one-off basis. Right. And, you know, but the beauty of it is, is that, for example, with Ferro Latino, there are 5,000 <clears> artists that actually secured the rights to pretty much negotiate everything in one house. Oh, okay. So that helps there. And, you know, as the models develop there, you know, it just becomes this is how we do it. Uh, and the beauty of what we're doing is just jump on in. You know, you can set the license up how you want to do it and set the price however you want to do it. If you miss the mark, you overprice it for the marketplace. <laughs> you're going to find out pretty quickly. How how uh, is why you do you know? think the Latino space took the initiative here? It really started with the Mavericks contacted us and then a bunch of radio stations that we work with that specialize in Latin hip hop are going, when are you going to be doing this? And one of uh, an old friend of my radio guy, Steve Wall, a guy by the name of Pete Manriquez, who used to run, I believe, programming for Univision and manages a lot of the top Latin urban artists, is very close with Feral Latino. Some of their, his artists are represented by them as well. He put us in contact with them, and right off the bat, we were going, well, you know, the Mavericks, you know, are, are a country band, but this new En Espanol is obviously an Hispanic language, Spanish language album. You know, we said, well, how do we follow that up so that people can actually create podcasts with, you know, more than one track in right. it from the band? And Farrell Latino said, you know, we want to test this out, too. And that's, that's going to be kind of the attitude of everybody here. Let's test it out, and let's see how it goes. And I will tell you that we'll be following this up very, very quickly with a lot of country artists, the indie country artists, with um, a lot of chat and the, a lot of activity in the urban sector and stuff like that. So it's going to start happening pretty, pretty quickly, I think. You know, I think it's kind of ironic because um, on Pandora and stuff, I've been listening to a Latino pop station. I don't speak Spanish at all, but any music's fun. And, uh, so it's kind of ironic, you know, so maybe, maybe I'll hear or be able to see if any of those artists are, are part of this group. So well, I tell you the musicianship in, uh, you know, the, uh, Spanish language stuff, the Latin music is just incredible. It's, uh, you know, much like country too. I mean, people, you know, in certain genres play real instruments and when they sing, they really sing. It's, uh, a little bit different from some of the other genres these days. But the beauty of it is, is that, you know, we've always been pushing the fact to the music industry is that, you know, radio is controlled by four or five programmers in the country right now. Uh, you know, it's all done by a computer and they every minute out there has to be making a certain amount of dollars. Podcasting's wide open. Right. Know? And all of those DJs, you know, and we, we, you know, we talked a bit about, you know, Spotify then jumped into this thing with their program, I guess, narrated playlist, but, you know, we've been working with a lot of DJs that have been put out of work during the uh, coronavirus. And we told them point blank. It said, look, I mean, you're already using some of our background stuff to do your demo reels. But 
you know, you've got a following on a Facebook and stuff like that. If you want to spin some records, this thing with Anchor, go go knock yourself out. Show them how the pros do it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's getting into it. You know, we knew we were never going to be the only players in the space. We just, um, you know, we said, let's just get in there and do it right. And uh, it's been really important to be constantly be getting the feedback from the podcast community as we sort of sculpted this. So uh, we're into the next phase now. So it's really happening. And, uh, you know, let's see how it goes and give us your feedback. So I wanted to ask about a couple things. I mean, uh, these licenses that you're working on are obviously have to be global licenses, right? Because podcasts can go anywhere. Um, and then um, do you see us um, getting to a phase to kind of get through some of the roadblocks with some of these folks um, that we're going to have to use dynamic ad insertion? technology to be able to use full tracks in in music as you look to the future just for the flexibility of being able to replace and remove and and, and things like that is that what the future looks like and also for, for tracking dynamically purposes dynamically inserting tracks i have never really i haven't really thought about it that much um <laughs> you know we've always gone after this the way podcasting is now you know right. where you're you're basically recording an mp3 and there's something embedded in it you know so you, it's a derivative mm-hmm. copyright you need to be dealing with as right. far as you know what spotify is doing where they are just dynamically dropping stuff in and using right. their existing license right uh, to be able to do that you know is it turnstile and you know how they're going to pay people out we'll find out but you know spotify is the 900 pound gorilla you know everybody makes a lot of money from them and they all complain about it. <laughs> you know, they're not happy, you know, uh, you know, but again, you, you, you know, you, it's that, what's that old joke? My cousin thinks he's a chicken, but I need the eggs, that type of thing. Yeah. What we're doing is look guys, just, you know, the licensing is done. We work with some of the top legal experts to work this thing out there. We've got the PROs on board, right. you know, it's all, all the, the winds that are back right now that jump in, put it out there and guess what? You get to set the price. Oh, you figure out what you want to get paid off a podcast. So for those that don't know, what's a PRO? Performing rights organization. And um, every country has at least one. We have four to five in this country. <laughs> so so that kind of tells you that uh, nobody ever agrees with anything on music. There's always um, – the performing rights is <coughs> – the best known ones are ASCAP and BMI. And uh, – you know, they're over 100 years old as ASCAP. ASCAP was the first one. But every time you uh, basically play a song in the radio or stream something on the Internet or play it on television, it represents the songwriter and the composer. It does not represent the recorder, the recording, the label, the artist who's singing or performing the song. It represents just the songwriter. And those are the royalties that then get paid out. And... You know, unfortunately, when you have 100 years of history and the fact that the U.S. government has had them under a consent decree, so they literally can't do anything without an act of Congress, uh, things move usually very, very slow, especially with new technologies come on board. So they're always running a little bit behind here, but we've been able to get a very positive response, uh, basically because we're doing all the heavy lifting with them. We're going to be doing all the reporting. We're just sending them a check and say, here, (laughs) this is what was used. I think uh, I know you guys been working hard at this. I know you spent an inordinate amount of money to make this work. And I think you know, I you know, you look at the eight hundred pound gorilla Spotify and, and and what they did. You have to appreciate that, but at the same time, that 
content is only going to be available one place. Absolutely. It's, and it's, it's not really not, a podcast either. Right. And, you know, it's for the big networks and for the guys that, you know, have some, you know, it's, it's not going to help them at all. You know, no. it's no. uh, yeah. so what does everybody else do? Well, right. We're not going to have everyone, you know, it's going to take a while until we hit critical mass. And, uh, you know, this is why I'm just hoping that, you know, let's give it a try, get it out there. Uh, you know, we'll be bringing a lot of folks on there and, but the indie folks, I have a lot of opportunity, you know, working with these folks here. I think they're going to be very excited about just, Hey, we can get our stuff, not have to just one podcaster who I met at a bar. We can actually toss it out there and get it out there to you know a million of them real fast there you know, at a nice licensing rate. You and I had talked privately and I won't name the company about a major music rights holder. Can you say whether or not that conversation continues or not? Or did they? It continues. It's, uh, you know, it, again, it's, um, the bigger the artist, the more moving parts. Right. Or the bigger you the know. rights owner, right? Because <laughs> we spent, um, a year and a half talking one of the one of the big three music companies, and uh, it it just kind of came down to just personnel came and left, and we had to start mm. the conversation over again. Oh, I hate that. And uh, you know, and it's just people have different agendas, and you know, and if you're an attorney, you're always going to be putting in your two cents. You're not. There's no such thing as a contract that it goes in front of a lawyer that they're not going to make changes. So there you go. It's it just it takes a while, but we just said we're going to stick it out and make it happen one way or another. You know, I think too, what you see here is they are so used to be embroiled in red tape. It's just 10 times harder to do anything with these groups because, you know, they're used to working with groups where they spend a million dollars on the legal agreement to get back and forth. Literally, you know, that's what the lawyers oh, end up getting paid. So People I, I, say I can't license music for podcasts, and I'm saying you got ten grand. Sure, you can. All right. <laughs> it's, uh, but the the way it's been done to date, even the folks that have been successful in doing that, these have been one off deals. One offs. Uh, you know, somebody shows, and then somebody else wants to and we get the lawyers again, and we have to do it all over from scratch. And this is a bigger play with source audio, is that we're trying to make the entire notion of licensing music, the synchronization license, a lot easier. You know, because it's like. Here we go. We got everybody at the table now. Let's take it one step further and kind of go, why don't you folks make it easier for other types of licenses to be done since we now have the agreement of all the writers and everybody who's got any sort of ownership in this song. Let's come up with just an agreement that you're ready to rock and roll and who's going to make pick one person to make the call and set the price. Here we go. We don't need to constantly reconvene everybody to get them back into the room. And... Um, you know, because sync licensing is a huge, you know, in television and in uh, <coughs> Netflix and the movies and stuff is, is an enormous amount of uh, money for, you know, the folks that can get into it. And a lot of folks don't know how to do it. And that's one of the things that we uh, we're actually helping. I think a lot of the independent artists who want to get discovered say, look, there's a way to do this. And uh, we happen to have, you know, our platform is used by all the major producers of that type of media. So, uh, you know, we have eyes on our stuff already. Let's see what we can do. Right. 
So <coughs> to kind of set it. expectations to the podcast community about this process, I mean, are, is this going to be a, you know, a decade long process to try and get licensing done with all of the, the potential artists that could be um, tapped into for the podcasting space and, and um, are, you know, and then secondarily, what are the big roadblocks to getting this done? Is it just because of the complexity of all of the rights that have to be um, worked through and contracted for. And it's just, I mean, is it going to be just years before we really have a, a, a complete catalog of, of music that can be used? I mean, I mean, as you look to the future, Doug, what's your projection on all that? It's always going to be complex when you're talking about a derivative copyright, when you need a synchronization mm -hmm. license. I mean, you're always going to have right. to, you know, work with the rights holders to be able to negotiate that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be simplified. It'll be sped up. Um, a big part of it is education, I think, both in the podcasting side and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, the labels as well. But I think, um, you know, new technology is coming out. I know, um, you know, mm -hmm. there was a, a another company, I think, at, at Podcast Movement that has a solution that they're working on, PEX, and I think a few of the other folks out there. More power to them, you know. But again, it's, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of players in this space. I think the important thing that if you've learned anything over the last six weeks is that, you know, something's happening. You know, the music industry is really starting to take this seriously, and they're looking mm -hmm. for solutions. The big problem with the music industry is that it has always been a tremendous amount of issue of who gets paid what. And, you know, tracking down copyright owners and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's one of the big issues. And a lot of urban music, they have 10 different writers on stuff. You know, the guy who owns 5% right. might be sitting in a houseboat in the middle of Montana and you can't find him. Well, there goes that deal. Hmm. And, uh, right. you know, so it, it's a question of really of, you know, Really, we've got our way of doing it, which is just doing it really clean, working with the rights holders. But, you know, this is the growing industry in audio. You're going to see a lot of solutions, a lot of clever solutions. And, um, you know, the best thing we can do as a podcaster, I, I'm going to suggest just get, you know, get involved with all of them. You know, what are the pros and cons? And, uh, you know, we want to you know, we want to hear from you folks here. You know, how is this going to work for you? What's going to make it happen? And uh, and also understand that, you know, an up and coming artist is going to have a different point of, you know, has a different agenda maybe than somebody who's got a hit song that they like to license for television for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And they're not going to let that go into a podcast without a significant uh, license fee. You know, so, it's going to be all over the place. So, Douglas, where can folks dig in, find more information, just come over to sourceaudio.com. Is there a specific place on the website? Podcastmusic.com. Podcastmusic.com. Yeah. On Monday, we'll be relaunching the site with, uh, you'll see uh, the uh, stuff from the 9420. Those indie artists are up already. You can give them a listen later this week or very early the following week. We should be having the Mavericks and the, probably the Feral Latino guys up as well on a new site that will have this new licensing uh Channel Greg Riggle here, a new licensing proposition. <laughs> uh, Chris, Greg's favorite word. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, we'll take it from there. And, you know, sit back, fasten your seatbelts. And, uh, you know, and if you're an artist out there looking to get your music into podcasting, we'd love to hear from you. That That's going to be up pretty soon, too. So a new site comes Monday. Wow. Yep. 
exciting stuff. So podcastmusic.com is the place to go. I know, uh, Doug, we're, thank you for coming on and giving us an update today. I definitely appreciate it. I look forward to uh, rubbing elbows with you in person sometime with energy. Yeah. I'm hopefully, uh, early next year and let's keep our fingers crossed. Even though I heard that podcast movement is going to be in August in, oh, I think Nashville, Nashville. Nashville. And guess what we're going to have there. A lot of artists venue there. If they're going to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So I haven't been to Nashville in years, so it'd be fun to be able to. And a couple of events are going on in Nashville, so uh, I think uh, they were going to have the. Um, yeah, I think the the radio show was going to be in Nashville this year. Yeah, I heard a couple of events are down there. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Podfest, they have some really nice so, hotel uh, venues in Nashville, so that's why. All right, Douglas, thanks so much for coming on. Everyone check out podcastmusic.com, specifically Monday. Get involved. Get some Latino music going on your show. Have a little fun. Jazz it up. Yeah. Have fun, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, interesting, Rob. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, unfortunately, this this project of getting podcasts into music is – Slow and painful is, is probably the the best word to, or the phrase to yeah. describe it, right? Slow and painful right. is right. for it's, sure. Yeah, it's just so complex, and, and I've been you, you and I've been keeping an eye on the music space for a long time. You know, I've worked on a music team and I worked at Microsoft, and it's just such a complex area. Um, the rights holders are just yeah. I don't even know how they keep track of everything. Just, I mean, just how complex it is. And to think that we can get podcasting you know, integrated into that, it just, it seemed, you know, like a year ago or something like that, it seemed like, yeah, it's just going right. to you know, happen real fast, you know, because we, we're, we're going to figure it out and then everybody's going to adopt it. And, and it's just not happening like that yet. R- Rob, right. is the link that you sent me last night the right link? Because that page comes up to a black page. Nothing's Which, on it. The, to our, our, our guest? Yeah. Um, well, uh, let me see here. It, it comes up to a black page. Well, it's basically site can't be reached. It says the site's down. So for uh, those of you that are hanging out with us, we have another guest at uh, the top of the hour. And uh, don't want to make him look bad here before we launch, but I just wondered if you sent me the, the right link. Yeah, let me... Uh, yeah, I probably... Let me double check it here. Greg says, not 10 years, Rob. The rights holders can make it happen in 10 months if they so choose. Right? If they choose to. Yeah, right. if they choose. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I sent you the. the it's pod-booking. With no com. S. Oh. No S. Just drop the S. That's why. Oh, that didn't help me much more either. Uh, pod-booking.com. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to, um, probably going to need to do a screen share and, and when she's on too, cause I created an account in the oh, platform. There we go. And, oh, it right. reloads to, uh, okay. Maybe I don't have an account. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, you have an account because it goes over to MailChimp now. Hmm. Right. Okay. Right. 
Right. So it's still in beta, beta. Actually, it's being re- it's being released later today. That's so. okay. So when you show your uh, screen, then we can share it yeah. when it comes out later. All right, right. awesome. Right. So while we're uh, while we're alone here for thirty minutes or so, uh, what else yeah. is going on in the podcasting space? Well, um, that's a good question. <laughs> what do we want to talk about? Um, well, I think the you know we did get an email back from a listener yeah. that uh, I, I was trying to find that here, that email that he sent. And let's see if I can find that. Yeah. Let's see if I'll, I can find it too. Yeah. And uh, I think the audience might be a little bit tired of hearing us talk about it. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, you remember the name? I'm horrible. I need to put a folder in effect. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. That's horrible. Well, the, the, the gist of the email was essentially, um, tired of talking about it, but it's important. And I think that was the, the, the gist of the email. Did I, did I sum it up right? I yeah, wish I could I'm, find it. Yeah, it's in here. Yeah, I was also on the the final call on the the Podchasers um, podcast taxonomy uh-huh. um, meeting where they were coming up with titles in the podcast space. I, I think we've come to a to a pretty darn good list. I don't know if you've seen this, Todd. No, I haven't. It's uh, a a list of um, terms to describe various job titles in the industry. So if oh. you look at Podchaser and, and, and how, um, you know, how various people in the industry, what their titles are. So when we do any kind of groupings of people, or we talk about aspects of the podcasting industry, um, we can all have a common taxonomy of, of, um, so, job titles and and ta- and words that are used to describe certain things in the industry. So where is this uh I'm on Podchaser. Where is this list at? Uh, I don't think it's been put out publicly yet. Oh. Uh it's it's been a group that's been uh working on it for oh. for probably a couple of months now. Why would they see. why would they do this and not be inclusive and in having people in, involved in that? Well, that's what they're going to do next. That's what was talked about yesterday was um, actually getting it out to the community and getting getting feedback on it. So, you know, it's kind of similar to what is happening over, over with the podcast index where there's a list of name, you know, um, new tags and stuff like that. That's, you know, a, a group puts it together and then then it gets socialized with the with the community and to get feedback on it and changes and improvements and things like that. And, I mean, it is a pretty extensive group. I think they had like, you know, like 60 people wow. in this group. So it isn't like it was a small group or anything like that. Um, I'm trying to find it here really quick. Um, so I can, this is, can. This is what happens on this show, folks. We don't prep and then we have to find stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, my, it's my fault too. So I can't yeah. find that email that came in. Yeah, I, I could. Okay, here it is. Here, yeah. So, 
and it's not, I mean, this isn't great for those that, uh, are listening. Mm -hmm. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I can do a, do a screen share here of it. Um, so at least you can get an idea of what this looks like. All right. Let me uh, get your screen here. So I can't hardly read it. You're going to have to read it, Rob. Yeah. It's just a list of, um, you know, like job titles, you know, like creative direction, um, cat, you know, um, uh, uh, like assistant director, you know, executive producer, senior producer, producer, associate producers, you know, creative director and a definition of those roles in, in the podcasting space that may be different than in other media, you know, like narrator, announcer, reporter, um, co-writer and things like that. So as you think about, and this impacts the podcast Academy as well. I I mean, for, for a lot of people in the industry, this probably isn't a big deal, but for those of us that are concerned about, um, how we, the terminology that we use in the space, whether it be at the professional level, uh, you know, at the podcast Academy, as we categorize people that are working in this industry, we have a common, um, hey, set of can you, uh, phrases or words to describe those roles in those companies. Can you go back uh, to cast? Okay. Cast. Yeah. yeah. So you have like host, co-host, guest hosts, uh, guests. I mean, a lot of these we've been using in the industry for years and years. Well, they missed them. Uh, they missed the major one. What's that? Which one? Podcaster. Well, okay. Isn't that a considered a host? No. A podcast. No? I am a podcaster. I am not a host. Okay, but is what um, the, using that term is not very specific, right? It's it's can be an all inclusive term, right? And that's, if, if you're not if you're not behind yeah. the mic, you're not a podcaster. If you're a, a right. producer, you are not a podcaster. Right. No, I. I agree with the premise that you're saying, and I think uh, that's that's been a struggle that we've had at the podcast academy too. Is is um, as we look at various levels in the industry, um, there are roles in the industry, right, that people play. Um, podcaster can basically is almost like a bucket term to describe uh, everything, right? I'm a podcaster. That can include all these things too. I can be a podcaster and be a host, co-host, guest, narrator, announcer, but it's not very specific. And that's the that's that's the the struggle that all of these everybody's having to describe what a podcaster is because it's such a an all-encompassing term to use to describe things. So I'm not sure how that you know how we handle that. I well, guess. I think when you have well, it's simple. When you have a per, one person that does mm-hmm. production, posting, promotion, produ- right. everything, and is the host, right? That is a podcaster because they don't have all these people. Very few, this these titles. Well, I recommend, I understand what they're doing here. Right. There is three percent of the entire podcasting space that have for a better word, a mm-hmm. need for all these, these titles. And this is really for commercial, commercial podcasting. There's very few people. Right. right. So 
Gordon says, think a podcaster can cover a producer who isn't on mic as easily one who is. Why? That's not a podcaster. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if a person isn't on the mic, he's a producer or, or whatever it may be, his job. He's not a podcaster, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, and believe me, that's an issue that we struggle with at the Podcast Academy, too, is is people come into this medium, and what what role do they actually serve when they participate in this medium? And the history of the medium is, is that, yeah, podcaster means that you're, you're doing everything. Everything. Right? But that, it's hard, you know. I think that's most shows. I think that's ninety five percent of shows, right? And then that, but then that tends to be almost like a bucket term um, to describe because more and more people are farming off different aspects of their podcasting too. So they're they're getting an editor to work on their post production. They're getting a um, a marketing company to now. Granted, these are usually larger podcasts, right. so we're trying to. I mean, I mean, I think it's a good point, Todd. I, I just haven't, Yeah. I think these organizations are having a hard time, um, threading the needle on that somewhat. So cause to, it, yeah. So while I might be a co-host on mm-hmm. this show, right. I am the podcaster on my other show. So, right. I mean, I mean, being a co-host on this podcast, I mean, podcast, um, is what the, what this is, but I'm a co-host on the podcast. I'm right. not, I'm not the podcaster, if you know what I'm saying. Right, right, right. So, and that's, you know, I think that's where it gets into this kind of this gray zone as you look to the medium growing up, right? This medium started as, and I was thinking about this the other day too, I was talking to someone about this too, is that, um, more and more, um, podcasters are not, um, all the people in the industry too. I mean, it's, it, there's people that, I mean, like I, I joked with Hernan L- Lopez, the CEO of Wondery that he should start a podcast. He, he, he laughed at me. He said, I'm not going to start a pod- <laughs> podcast himself. Right. Um, so there's people in this industry that are not podcasters. That's right, why Hernan's themselves. not a podcaster. Right. He's not a podcaster, but he, is working at one of the biggest podcasting companies in the industry. And right? he has his specific title at that company. Right. It, exactly. And that's, that's the, that's that bridge that we're trying to divide here is people that are not podcasters. I mean, you and I are kind of unique in this space on a growing level is that we're, we do a podcast or we do a show and we're also, you know, leaders in the industry. Well, more and more, that's not so much the case. Yeah, you know. because there's very few that are working in the space that actually have had the challenges and understand what it, and it understands right. what it takes to do a podcast, which is part of the problem. Right. But that's a whole well, other discussion. Can, yeah, I think you can learn how to do a podcast, but you, from others. But I don't know that you can firsthand know how to do a podcast if you haven't ever done one. Gordon says, if a person creates it, it's like filmmaker can denote a producer, director, or some other role. But usually if someone says they're a filmmaker, that's why I'm a producer or I'm a director. Right. 
or I'm exactly. a grip or whatever it is. They don't, they don't say I'm a filmmaker. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I'm not well, in I that business. Maybe they'll say it in their. their yeah. I make, I, I'm involved like in on, making films as a producer LinkedIn or, or something like that. They'll say I'm a filmmaker. Uh, right. Yeah. But that's not their job role. Um, filmmaker, their job role is a director or producer. So or what, like what do that. you call then a solo show in that list? Because I don't, uh, I don't consider myself a host because I don't host anybody. I'm doing a show on my own. Well, at least the Podcast Academy classifies that as you're a host. You're on mic, right? <laughs> okay. So, so you're host you know, is, or, to me. Seems, I mean, it's like it's like, like plural, <laughs> right? It's like you and me here. You're right. You're really the the main host, and I'm just a co-host, right? Um, or you could just call each other, um, two co-hosts. It's, it, it, yeah, it, that's, that's my role in this podcast. I'm not a podcaster. In so, this. I just, so yeah. when the first time that you guys have the podcaster of the year and you right. guys recognize a company executive, but, people are going to shit their pants. But even in the, the terminology for the award that we have, it's it's best podcast host. Well, that's fine, too. That's it's okay. It's not best podcaster, right? So, well, then it should have been best podcaster. Uh, but, you know, talent is is different than <laughs> podcaster, though, right? I mean, no, it's, it's not. I mean, I mean, in a lot of situations. I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit. <clears> I, know just so. I know you are. I know you are. I know you're challenging this. <clears throat> but talent is typically who's behind the mic, right? Right. So we just happen to be um, talent and more, right? So here's uh, the here's here's right. what I often. This is an email that I, I probably write once a week when we have media buyers coming in and wanting to buy shows. I said, "Well, just tell right. them they have to run the ads." Right. And I'm like, no, I said, they are, I said, the analogy I use is, is that they own the radio station, they own the tower, they own the production staff, they own the sales department, marketing department, and they are the talent. And by the way, all of that stuff is one person. That is not a group. There's no GM, you know, right. they're, they're, you know, that's, that's, that's an individual. And then when advertisers realize this, they're like, how's this possible? <laughs> like, because they're independent shows created by one or two or maybe three people, but not usually a big team. There's, there right. are some that have teams, but 90 plus percent of podcasts, probably 95% right. of plus podcasts are a team of one or two. So, right. You mean you can't force them to take the ads? No, I cannot. Right. <laughs> right. I said, I don't own the content. I have the right to sell into the content, but I, you know, it's a, you know, they have the right to opt out and tell me no. And that, that makes media my, my buyers' minds explode because they're used right. to going to a radio station and saying, here's some money. Right. And then GM says, great, I'm going to do this. And then the host gets the, and they're like, what, we're, we're advertising this crap. Yes, you are. And you have to be sincere. <laughs> right. And it's not like that the music right. artists that are being played on that radio station with the advertising on it is saying, sorry, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want those ads. Right. Yeah. So, 
you know, and that's, that's kind of the, the comparable analogy here is, so, you know, but some networks do own the content, right? right and right. they can right. on, on a variety of different content. And that's, that's right. That's just a reflection of the diversity of this medium and how different it is from movies, TV, and music. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very different medium and, and it, and it, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it is a little frustrating to see what's happening with music in this medium because it is a reflection of the complexity of this situation with, um, I'm, you know, it's so unique too. I'm just so protective of that name because we got YouTubers calling themselves podcasters right now and they have, and you have, you have, uh, soon yeah. you have the, uh, Joe Rogan show will no longer be a podcast and it's, right. he, he'll no longer be a podcaster. He'll be a show producer. On a live, right. on a streaming platform. And, and Spotify is creating more confusion on this too. Um, I'm, that's being done intentionally with, you know, them saying that they're, you can create a music podcast on Spotify. Well, it's not a it's podcast. It's not a podcast, right? Right. It's not like you, you're going to get an RSS feed that you can submit over to uh, Apple right. with that. Right. It's not going to happen, right? Um, that gets back to what we were talking about with with Doug with music licensing. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, I agree with you that the term podcaster is is certainly with us to stay. It's just it's more of an analogy to someone saying I'm a filmmaker. It's not a professional title. It's more of a referential term, right? Hey, by the way. I I got a couple of comments on this shirt already today. I just had to throw this now? in there. It's, I did. Yeah. Right. This is from a company and they're not sponsored by this show. <laughs> Maybe they should be Todd. Maybe they should. <laughs> if we could get an apparel deal, that would be great. But it's, it's a company called Bayleaf. They're on Amazon. 18 right. bucks. Fanta wow. Fantastic shirt. Wow. Well, you didn't even pull out your, your Red Bull today. <laughs> no, I've been drinking Red Bull. You just haven't been paying attention. I, well, in, in, in the logo of Red Bulls behind you all the oh, time. That's right. So. That's true. Yeah. Right. So, so, but anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> but you they know, should I, send you a supply of, of Red Bull, Todd. They, hey, anyone who wants to send me a case of Red Bull, uh, <gasps> just ask for the address. I will definitely ship it, ship it here. And I will mention you <laughs> in your show. Hey, that's how we do it. You want your show mentioned on the new media show? I'll give you a shout out. I'm shameless yeah, I, plug. Of course, we're gonna have to send Rob something. What's your drink of choice, Rob? Uh, I don't know that I have one because I don't drink alcohol. We're like so. we're like the mommy bloggers. We're selling out for a cup of coffee. You know, I'm selling right. out for a Red Bull, right. two buck Red Bull. Um, so Gordon says the owner of a radio station is a broadcaster, even if not on air. So how do we feel about a podcast be calling a being called a pod? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I thank God no one is. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. So what else is happening in the world today uh, you know, uh, with podcasting? Anything um, new going on? You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff in pod news that happened this past week. Yeah. And Nothing really groundbreaking. I know Lipson put out a video uh, with a demo of Lipson 5 that's yep, coming. but. Yep. And we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on that. Now I sent all my um, team over to make sure they took a look at that. And uh, I would imagine you did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you didn't, guys didn't uh, go anywhere near what our UI UX design is. So we will definitely both have a unique, distinct look when we roll out these new, these new uh, user interfaces. 
Um, yep. Robert Crandall says, do the owners of PodFest and Podcast Movement have a podcast? Are they podcasters? Um, PodFest, I believe, yes. Uh, no, Podcast Movement has had a podcast for years. So they would be their pod. Yeah, because if. Yeah, then they would be podcasters. Absolutely. Right. I also thought it was interesting um, that. Alex Jones made an appearance on the Joe Rogan experience on Spotify. thought that was an interesting little tidbit that happened. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Alex Jones. No. But I will say this. Rogan's pushing. He's pushing. He did that on purpose. Well, Spotify had to know what they were getting into with him. I mean. And and I, I I will give a little. Okay. Again, this is not an endorsement, please understand. Todd is not endorsing, not saying <laughs> thumbs up. I'm not on Alex Jones. All right. But I will say, I'll give Spotify credit that mm-hmm. they allowed that episode to go up. Yeah, that's true. Be Now, I don't know what kind of, if Alex Jones was on best behavior or bad behavior. I had rum- heard rumors that he said some stuff that maybe was a little bit out there. But they upheld the right to freedom of speech. Yeah. Well, and, and, on that episode, and, at least he didn't say he was going to, you know, exterminate anyone or something like that. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. At least I don't think yeah. so. I don't think that's what was. There's I have no idea. Mr. Jones has, has said on his show that w- would definitely have gotten him taken down. Well, he has um, gotten taken down. So come on. I know. I know. But I mean, <laughs> since then, um, yeah like skinning his neighbors and things, you know, small things like that. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's probably, that's probably grounds for, you know, show removal on a lot of sites, you know, <laughs> right. especially if you say it in a non-satire way, if you say it in a, right. say it in a, you know, a serious way. Right. Right. But there's a thin line between satire and hate speech, you know, so it's, or violence, you know, but I will yeah. give, I will give, you know, and so I think Spotify is going to have a lot more news making events surrounding this show. And again, well, not a podcast, this show. And I think that uh, all news is good news because what does yeah. it do? Oh, he had who said what? And then, well, the, it is, I mean, it is, Todd, starting to change perceptions too of what a podcast is. I think these things, uh, the moves that Spotify is making around music uh, and re- referential um, mention of the word podcast in that context um, is going to start changing people's perception on what a podcast is. And we may start to see perceptions of podcasting be not um, exclusively an RSS-based distribution medium. Right. Or content, right? Um you know, people start thinking of podcast as a type of content, not as a distribution method, right? Daniela, is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah. Daniela has uh, checked in on Skype. So okay, we'll be well, ready for you in about three minutes if you're listening, Daniela. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I guess that um, from my perspective here, um, 
I think it's going to cause them more troubles with their employees than anything else. So. Well, it's and, going to push the envelope on there, how critical they've been. I mean, if, you know, on, on, well, they've did, been, did you I, see I this? Spotify has been the most aggressive on takedowns when right. it comes to content. Too. So, so, but at the same time, he said, we're going to have to relook at what we're doing. Right. Which I thought was interesting. So we're, he says, we're going to have to treat all shows equally. So maybe some of those other shows that we're talking about Q and on should be reinstated on Spotify. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to allow Alex Jones to come on the Joe Rogan experience and say whatever he's going to say, and maybe some of it's conspiracy related, then you have no choice, but then yeah. to allow those shows that they banned because they were talking conspiracy theories to be reinstated on their platform. If they right. don't, then they've got a, I think they got a bigger problem. I, you know, yep. again, I'm not endorsing any of these shows. I'm endorsing freedom of speech. Right. Well, I mean, it's a catch-22 situation yes, it for is. Spotify, yeah. right? Uh, Spotify did a deal with Joe Rogan um, to drive, you know, users and... Earballs. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they... that. I mean, how do you think Joe Rogan got to be as popular as he did? It wasn't plain and safe. Right. Right. So, uh, this, you know, you get what you, you know, you get what you get Spotify. Yep. So right. again, if I was one of those Q and on shows that got removed, I would be, I'd be raising big stink. I would be, I would be calling Spotify out for having double standards and ask for reinstatement. Mm -hmm. Cause if it was they were taken down because of a conspiracy theory. And I've learned a little bit more about QAnon. Apparently QAnon, some of the QAnon stuff is about a dead Kennedy, but it's also about something to do with potentially pedophiles or whatever. So yeah. if, if, it's, if, if they're going to allow conspiracy discussion talk on Joe Rogan experience and they need to allow conspiracy talk on those, I, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, our next guest is with us. What a way to join. You hear me talking about that. I know. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but I'm also really <laughs> glad. <laughs> yeah. We're just talking about the, um, Alex Jones appearing on Joe Rogan on Spotify and Spotify's decision to continue to, whether you like, or well, most people don't like Alex Jones to begin with, yeah. but, um, you know, to honor freedom of speech. And as long as he's not looking to chop people's heads off, I guess it's okay him to be on I like there. the way that Joe was like handling it though of like okay let's fact check that let's fact check that let's you know like his approach <laughs> to just like okay let's right. just let's kind of rein him in I was like well I mean if the host is gonna it's just like you know do we do journalists interview dictators you know like of course you do you want to get that that's a great scoop right you know yeah it's all true. about the way that you handle it and the questions you ask and and the way that you portray their opinions and things like that you know i think yeah. we're in a situation at least here in the united states where journalism is no longer journalism it's entertainment and uh television stations are now an extension of specific political parties so i think podcasting has an opportunity to be the last banyan of uh 
real reporting out there. Yeah. Yeah, right, true journalism. Right. Well, we should probably yeah. say who just joined us. Daniela Garcia just joined us, and uh, she's uh, going to tell us all, all about a, an announcement that she's making, um, I guess, later today, right? Yes, about a uh, this new, is, well, uh, technically tonight. It's tomorrow? what you're terming kind of as a LinkedIn of podcasting at, uh, at pod.booking.com. Um, and it's, and it's, it's an interesting thing that it really hasn't been in the podcasting space per, per se is, is a platform that enables the, the podcast community to, to network with each other in a, a way. Now, granted there are tons of other communities that have been built on Facebook and, and more and more in the apps around these conferences and things like that, but not, um, exactly like this. And I thought it was an interesting what you're doing and I wanted to bring you on and have you be able to share that with the, the listeners to this show, which are primarily are podcasters, which is exactly who you're trying to reach. Um, so, so why don't you kind of give us just kind of like a, the 411 of what you are trying to build here and, and, um, and what's, what's your vision for what you're trying to create here with this uh, platform? Yes, thank you guys again for um, having me on and being able to share this with everyone. Um, but Pod Booking will be launching tonight at midnight, so technically tomorrow. Um, and we are aiming to be the LinkedIn of podcasting, like Rob said. Um, so essentially the industry-focused social network for podcasters. Um, and like you said, there's tons of groups and things like that that have been popping up on other social network platforms. But they've become so saturated with just scammers as well as, you know, you're on Facebook and you're trying to connect with the podcast community and, Oh, I'm on my newsfeed. And there's like my cousins arguing about politics, mm -hmm. or uh, there is another article that has nothing to do with podcasting that I have to respond to. And then it's like, you know, it detracts you from your work, you know, and then for podcasters who take podcasting very seriously, the behind the scenes networking side is absolutely integral to their success of their show. Um, so one platform where it's 100% podcasting focused, industry focused, you'll be able to get resources at, in pod booking, you'll be able to connect with other podcasters, you'll be able to connect with potential guests for your show. You'll be able to connect with media buyers. You'll be able to connect with potential sponsors. You'll be able to also just connect with the community at large. You know, like there are so many different services and tools and resources that are coming up for the world of podcasting that podcasters just know nothing about. There are so many services and, uh, and softwares and things like that, that make promoting your show easier. But unless you know, you get caught in the algorithm and those services are are, are targeting you to be advertised to, you're really not getting exposed to it. Um, so one platform where everything is just podcasting related and just behind the scenes related, I think is just going to be so game changing for the community at large. Yeah. So I, I pulled up a, oh. a, a screen share of the, of the website. Um, just so we can show the audience that's watching the, the video of this to get a, you know, a feel for what you're creating here. Um, and, and if you could kind of, kind of narrate this, I'm on the, the profile page for a, yes, a user. And a lot of this is fairly, um, common for what, you know, you would expect on, let's say, uh, a Facebook or a LinkedIn or something like that. But if you could kind of, kind of describe, I'm on like the homepage for, for a, a user here. And yeah, so you've got a, you know, your wall here and your groups and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, so this is going to be the activity feeds you can put in posts here. You can also like alter it to post onto different groups on that top there. There's groups you can see on this, like on that top bar, there's the sound wave, which is where um, every single member of Podbooking is a member of the sound wave. And it's like where we put like official Podbooking updates and things like that. Um, there's also the podcast guest connection group. And if you go down, you can just see people are, these are all the beta casters engaging and posting and, and asking questions and connecting with each other, which is fantastic. And um, as we continue to grow, we'll have more and more groups to kind of narrow down a lot of these discussions so that we can be like, okay, so this is the group where we talk about technical difficulties. And this is the group we talk about monetization. And this is, you know, it's just kind of like help those conversations have more flow. How Which are you, awesome. how are you going to prevent this just turning into one big, here's my podcast promotion thing, because that's what happens in so many Facebook groups and it becomes absolutely worthless. How, how are you going to prevent that from just inundating the site? Uh, we've been really, really lucky that we've got really good admins in place for a lot of these groups. Um, we've created uh, pop, like partnerships with different admins from really good groups on Facebook and they've come on and they're they've been keeping the conversations really focused as well as we have a specific group for promoting and I mean you'll you'll get like personal messages and they'll be like hey you know please don't do this this space is for this and it's really going to come down to like an honor system but it's also going to be like hey I'm serious please don't do this <laughs> and we'll also be having curated conversations and we'll have pinned tweets and uh, we'll have sponsored conversations and webinars and things like that that will also drive just natural communication and conversation about things but overall I think it's going to come down to everybody playing along I'm, you know which is going to be I'm assuming sponsored conversations will be marked as such yes yeah of course yeah, and then the other part of this too is that uh, you guys are going to be supporting live, uh, live events, live streaming, and things like that into this platform as well, right? Yes. So come December, once the app launches, which is yay, it's coming. <laughs> it will be including live streaming too. So that's going to be like a big update. So what would be the purpose then of a podcaster live streaming on this platform? I'm trying to. Is that for um, events or? Yeah, for special events to like, you know, provide resources and things like that, podcasting relating, like related, like just conversations and webinars, like, I mean, privacy is a big topic to be discussing right now, you know, um, everyone's always co having conversations around monetization and things like that as well. So um, just like more so curated events and webinars, and also just people who are like, wanting to provide value to the community. You know, you've got those thought leaders in the podcasting space. You guys are included in that like niche of people who really can provide just more insight to the community through these like live events. What is going to be the cost for podcasters? There is no cost. So it's just everyone can join and it's free to join like so, any other social network. So your guys's business model then is based on sponsored posts or advertising or how you guys can yeah. pay for this thing sponsored events sponsored posts we also have some sponsors that are interested in sponsoring whole groups um and so they'll be like in they'll be like branded groups and things like that as well so we have a lot of really exciting things coming around there awesome and, and partnerships coming out of that yeah that's the first i've heard about it so rob no, please i I'm, i love it all the questions are great <laughs> So Rob, what's your, what's your gut on this in your first go through? Well, I think it's, I mean, it hasn't launched yet. I mean, so she's really just kind of getting, um, getting some users in there and working out any kind of bugs and things like that. But I, I mean, I, I, I do think that, you know, 
you know, and we've talked about this a lot, Todd, in the, you know, what's going on with Facebook, with a lot of the gaming of Facebook with people and users and things like that. And the kind of meshing that, that, um, Facebook is manipulating people, um, that this might be a fresh opportunity for the community to really, really connect with each other in a social platform. Now, granted, I do th- agree with you, Todd, that there is a danger of just it becoming just full of self-promotion, <clears throat> but maybe there's some way to channel that, uh, in some ways and to keep that from getting completely out of control. I know a lot of the, the, the social, um, you know, groups on Facebook have a problem with that, that they're always moderating that. I have um, a, I have a problem with that when our personal podcasting group, people join the group and immediately bam, they, you know, and it's, right. it's just like, okay, uh, sorry, you can't promote your show. This is, this is the blueberry right. podcasting group. We're talking about blueberry <laughs> and problems and challenges. And if you need help not be in here to promote because we're all podcasters, we don't, I don't need to listen to your show. I don't want to listen to your show. Maybe that's the better word. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. So, so anyway, so, um, your plan is to launch it, uh, later today. And, um, and I think you have a few hundred users all, all, already in there. What's the process of coming in and signing up and, and building your profile and stuff? Yeah, no. Uh, so tonight at midnight, 12.01 PM Eastern or AM Eastern time, uh, we will be on pod bookingcom and the login page is the first page and you put in your email, you make your password, sign up, fill in your profile questions and you are a member of pod booking. Welcome to the community. In 72 hours, I will verify whether or not you actually belong there. <laughs> or within 72 hours, I will verify whether or not you actually belong in the community. So please do provide your links, guys. That's going to save everybody a load of time. Because if there's no links, like I'm done, I, I just won't verify you in the 72 hours. So um, yeah, and we'll be making everyone. Will, everything will be focused on relevance. Um, so just if you're relevant to the podcasting community, you can be a member of pod booking and be sure to put in like when you join, like you're a host, a guest, you're a collaborator, mm-hmm. but that'll be a question. So, it'll so how does <laughs> the kind of, kind of privacy, um, policies work on, on the site? Is there, um, any areas that you can turn on that would be public versus just available just to the community itself? I know Facebook has some restrictions like that. Is this going to have that as well? There's already no personal information. So I don't even ask you guys like your personal names, your phone numbers, your email, like, Oh, I've got your email address, but that's really it. Not birthdays or anything else. So there really is no personal information. Um, A person can't message you without being connected with you. Um, so that's kind of like the biggest privacy, but they could still see your profile and still see the name of your show and see what kind of, if you're a host or your collaborator and things like that, but they can't actually message you without being connected to you first. You know, Rob and I were talking earlier, the pod chaser folks been working on a major the directory. Uh, well, they've been working on a major list of titles for people. So how are you going to determine, let's say someone that works in the podcasting space as a, as a job, J-O-B comes in and mm-hmm. applies to be part of the network. How, how are you going to be able to, to qualify? Cause it's going to get difficult. I would think you're going to make judgment calls on people, whether or not they can be members or not. Uh, judgment calls will have to be made and I'll make like personal messages and things like that. And I've got like personal messages already, you know, 
scaled out for that process. Um, but if it's like you have a job in podcasting, you're not necessarily a podcaster, but like, okay, like Rob works with Liz, like Libsyn, you know, so if you could create, pop, give me the link to your LinkedIn profile, and then I can see there your relevance to the industry. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Will, uh, the profiles Everything's on verifiable. the site <laughs> be, be reachable through Google at all? No. No, no? your individual okay. profiles won't be reachable through Google. Okay, awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's always exciting to launch a site. I've uh, been involved in uh, a few launches, one where I was white-knuckled because I was going on to present, and the uh, the uh, about 10 minutes before the – the coder said, I'm not quite ready yet. Give me five more minutes. <laughs> oh my so, goodness. so, you know, at least you're doing it at midnight and it's kind of like every, most everyone's going to be, you know, semi asleep. So you're not under that pressure if you have to wait 15 minutes to launch it. But Very uh, true. yeah, and it's, it also helps that we've been in beta. People are already on it. It's really just moving the URL at this point. So right, I right. Really hope it's the simplest thing. So uh, chat room says, what's the minimum requirements of a, of a podcast to become a member? Do you need to have an RSS feed? Do you need to have a minimum number of episodes? Is there a page on the site that explains this? And I think from Harold's perspective, what we've seen is that, you know, part of our membership requirements for some of our networks we have is you have to have a minimum number of shows because we know sometimes shows don't make it beyond one or two. And uh, so have you set any criteria for that? Um, I haven't set any criteria for that. And maybe as we like, as the network grows more, that will become like a more, cause I, I definitely still want like newer podcasters to be able to have access to, I mean, just the wealth of information coming from the content we're sharing and things like that, you know? So there's so much value that newer podcasters could get from it that I wouldn't necessarily want to gatekeep. Like, I don't necessarily want it to be like an elitist social network for podcasters right, either, right, right. you know? Um, but cause I, I know that there's going to be so much value newer, newer casters are going to get from it. So I, as of right now, I think it's just going to be, if you, even if you're just setting to launch, like if you can send me a link that shows like I have a show and it's launching in the next 30 days or something like that, you know, like you're a, a member of the, of the community, you've been actively trying to pursue the, like connecting with the community and things like that. Then I, I think that's kind of going to be the judgment call on that. Yeah. Makes I hope that sense. Answers. Yeah, because, you know, oftentimes it's even even on our side on a from a hosting standpoint, oftentimes we're, you know, helping shows get ready to go. And they're, you yeah. know, they're they're in this uh, forever launch cycle. So but they're still collecting information and looking for tips and tricks and different things to do to get their show launched. So I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of going to be the the mindset. And if it's something that comes up as like an issue, like, eh, you know, I think I want to keep people who have like at least five shows, then maybe we'll make that call later on. But as of now, it's going to be pretty open to the community in general. With it called pod booking, though, are you going to have some, it sounds to me, you know, of course, I need my company, Blueberry Podcasting. So, you know, I've got one to talk. Um, <laughs> there's a whole story there. But um, how are you going to handle the... You know, because everything is just going to be a booking site. So you're going to ha you've got some branding marketing work to be done because it's called pod booking versus pod LinkedIn right. or whatever. I know you can't use that because of copyright stuff, but. Right. Um, no, I know it's something that I think is just, I mean, how did, you know, how did Facebook really, you know, you think of all these other names and stuff like that. It's, I don't really think 
maybe t- some people will think that, but eventually I think we're going to have to just rely on branding and, and just general community consensus of knowing who we are and, and going with that tagline of the LinkedIn for podcasting. And, and then our like official brand is where podcasting meets collaboration. Uh, so it's not so like specifically for guests and things like that. So I think it's going to come down to that branding and, and connecting with our community and, and just communicating who we are and what we are. Yeah. yeah those pod domains are hard to get i know i own 400 of them i'm sitting on so <laughs> you maybe do? she should be talking to you todd <laughs> maybe i don't think i've got one that would have helped her but but I- <laughs> um but though though if you think about this community it could be i mean and i think that's one of the big ideas was to have a have a network where podcasters can find guests for their shows too so it, yeah. it does have a little bit of of use in that area i think of booking guests for your show use. um Yes, yeah, so I don't know what you think right. about that. Uh, you know, as a as one of the main purposes of it as well. It's definitely a, a driving force. Like guests are the second most common like profile types. You know, so it's definitely a big part of it. And and we have groups that are for it. You know, specifically and things like that. So it's definitely a, a part of who we are, but it's not all of what we are. Right. And we're and right. we're going to be growing so much more just in the next six months that we're going to be so different and so just like beyond just guest and host, you know. <laughs> so, would you want um, companies in the podcasting space to come in here and create groups? Uh, oh. You know, like 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 Blueberry or Lipson or or uh, big content networks and things like that to create groups in here, or it, is that not what you see as the is the vision here? Uh, well, that would be, those would be sponsored groups. So that is part of okay. the vision is definitely. And then like having that like curated conversation and that curated space within mm-hmm. pod booking is definitely something that I think is going to be a, a huge part of what is going to make pod booking so special. Honestly, I think it's going to be the, that space. Yeah. I think the challenge, you know, I'm just, and, and been playing devil's advocate a little bit here today is a lot of us have spent a lot of social time building Facebook groups and, you know, LinkedIn groups and different types of things like that as well. So for me, it's often like, oh, another place I got to go look. So I don't know if I would, I'll probably be a participant in groups, but I don't know. I, it, I guess it depends if our customers go over there and want us to start a group. That'll be the you know, that'll be the, the consideration we'll have to make because if we're already splitting time between these other sites, then, and on regular social media, do we want to go ahead and set up another site? Cause well, right. and it could be, and then again, um, you know, who's going to join my group then? Do I want Libsyn customers in the, in the blueberry group? I, I, again, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole, because we're going to, there's going to be, it's just going to be like Facebook. There's going to be ongoing discussions. Who should I have as a podcast host? And there's going to be 800 responses from podcasters saying Libsyn, Podbean, Buzzsprout, uh, you know, the, and it's going to go <laughs> on and on and on and on. And yeah. that gets old really, really fast. So um, maybe there's an opportunity there for you to have the ability for podcast hosts to have a place to explain their service so that podcasters or new podcasters can go make an educated opinion. So there's more of a marketing page versus a group page. Um, that would be kind of my thought. Right. Okay. That's something, that's always something to consider. No, that's fair. 
Yeah. Um, I like that too. Yeah. So in, in that from, and, and if there's a discussion within that channel or however that's set up, that mm-hmm. that's probably more appealing to me because oftentimes, you know, I have to go in there and say, okay, here's our pitch and here's a disclaimer. I am the founder of Blueberry Podcasting so that people know I'm not. And oftentimes that's another thing too, is you get company employees on variety of websites that never disclose that they work for the company and, or that they have an affiliate relationship with the company and they're just shilling and it really looks weird. So I think it's smart. No, that's for this. I mean more like, it'll be like, um, okay. Podcast guest connections brought to you by Mm. blank. And then that, that brand has an account that is the admin of that account or of that group. And then does posts and does discussions and polls and things like that and and can just have like control around that conversation and things like that. So that's more so the the approach for for like a sponsored group, you know? Right. Does that does that make sense? I think so. And okay. Rob, I guess the the question then is, well, one thing will be good though is everyone that's on this site, they're going to have to have affiliation in their profile, so you're going to know if someone's shilling for a service that is an employee, that's not disclosing their employee. Right. So yeah, it, they have to say their relevance to the community. Yeah. So they're going to put those things. It'd be nice yeah. if that was auto, if, if that was auto pushed into every post they make their little short bio, you know, you know Todd Cochran, blueberry podcasting, you know, blueberry well, host founder. Yeah, kind of like how LinkedIn, actually LinkedIn has that. Yeah. Right. It says your title. Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah, that, Good yeah, that's a common thing to 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 establish credibility to people that are in discussions area. It's been in forums for years and years. That yeah. kind of capability. It's almost you know, it's like a signature almost. But in Facebook, it's not. And I see all the right. time people making recommendations. I'm like, and I have to call them out. I said, by the way, this person works for this company. They didn't disclose that. You know, yeah, so. No, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like, oh, Lipson has a group and now Rob Greenlee gets to be the admin. Uh, right. Well, like, Rob Greenlee works for Lipson, so he probably he could be. <laughs> but it wouldn't right. be like his account. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, it would right. be a Lipson account that right. would have admin control. And so you'll always know that it's coming from them. You right, know? right, right. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So well, it's always about also, the discussion that I mean, you're if, driving if and this... the content you're creating. Yeah, if this is like a, the LinkedIn for podcasting, then it's also a, a source for job opportunities, work opportunities True. too in the True. in yeah. in the medium too, and um, and recruiters and whoever that's looking for people in the podcasting space too. Have you thought about really taking the the LinkedIn model and really kind of almost du- I hate to say, but duplicating it? Um, with like a premium membership type of thing too. Have you thought about that? I've considered just like what our growth is going to look like, you know, as, as it grows and what, as the industry grows as well. Cause I feel like right now mm-hmm. podcasting is like the wild west of entertainment. There's so few rules and things like that, you know, and as it grows and it, it just becomes more and more formal. Um, mm-hmm. it will, it will have to get to that point. We're definitely going to be having a freemium, um, approach, in later like months around content. Um, but as of right now, I, nothing around like your type of membership and like access to more analytics or anything like that. Um, as of right now, it's just going to be around like 
us organizing the groups so that everything can flow in as like conversation and discussion can flow as easily as possible. So mm-hmm. possibly like job boards and things like that will have to go up like groups around that. Um, yeah. A comment in a comment on the live stream says, and it's from Robert. He says, will there be a marketplace? Could I advertise that I do voiceover for podcasts like intros, outros, et cetera? Yes. Yes. Well, we have, ad- so you want advertising space around the live streams? Is no, that the question? no. He says, will there be a marketplace? Can yeah, I like advertise job. that I do voiceover for podcast? Yeah. Job um, opportunities. Not a marketplace, uh, or, but there or, are spaces yeah. for promotion and there are spaces for you to like connect with people that would be relevant to that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think as you look, think about new features in the future, I mean, trying to try, trying to make it a workplace connection type of platform, I think may drive a lot of value to people um, joining it. Not unlike what LinkedIn is doing, right? Where, yeah, where cool. recruiters can come in and create an account and try and find candidates for different, different job opportunities. Because what you're going to see is every podcast consultant in the space is going to create an account. Everyone that offers any kind of a service is going to create an account and they're all going to be shilling. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that's what happens on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is very true. And but it, it also creates a lot of activity, Todd, and it creates, you know, there is opportunities for connections around work opportunities and, and companies being able to promote their businesses and right. things like that. You know, sure. It can be a little annoying sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, but I mean, if, if it gets somebody a job is, you know, it's worth it. Right. <laughs> I guess the only difference really is the, the LinkedIn model. You don't have to pay for a business listing. But if you want to have the premium services, all the members of your company then have to pay the, I think I pay 200 and some dollars a year for my LinkedIn premium membership, but it's worth it, you know, from the, from that standpoint, from a, from that value standpoint. Uh, Yep. And it's something we'll, we'll have to consider. I think as we grow for sure, just the idea of like how different people are using the platform and how we can optimize different users experience. Sure. Yeah, Robert well, says also, thanks in the chat room. And also build okay. your your business model around this too. I mean, because you're going to have bills that are, you're going to need to have paid too as you grow this thing. You oh, know, employees yeah. <laughs> or or those kind of things too. Todd, you know, Todd will tell you that. <laughs> well, you know, I just you know as an example, I've spent over one hundred fifty thousand dollars this year just on app development. You know, so it's it's insane how much money you can spend on something. You know, just something, oh, something small, you know, did you guys go out and get funding or what, how did you guys finance this out of your back pockets or out of my back pockets, just been doing it piece by piece, which has been working somehow, some way. <laughs> did you guys use an existing platform or did you use an existing platform or did you build your platform from scratch? No, I, I'm using an existing platform and then kind of like just connecting with APIs and integrations awesome. and things like that. Yeah. Oh, didn't cool. want to reinvent the wheel. Didn't need to do it. Right. Yeah, I might kind of get to a point though where you need to, to do do customizations. Does the platform oh, yeah. basically enable you to do a lot of customization? Quite a few, actually. Yeah, no. And um, I have a really good relationship with the owner of the company, and we're looking at like more expansions and more partnerships and things like that, and and just building his business as like along with it too. So 
it's actually kind of a win-win, which helps. <laughs> it's it's nice when you have those types of relationships where you're helping them yeah. build their platform and come up with ideas, even though it's you got your branding on it. There's another group that's doing other stuff. Win-win. Congratulations 100%. for that score. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, right? yeah. No, and it was definitely, I mean, when the spirit of my brand is collaboration, you know, it's like, no, I think, I think to the actual bare bones of us, we should be built on collaboration. Every aspect. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are almost at the end. So yes, we are. they can find the site at pod dash booking.com. Right. Pod, yes. Not yet. I tried to go over there and it sent me to some MailChimp site, but pod-booking.com. By the time this comes out, uh, you will definitely be live. So uh, that'll be awesome. I'm definitely uh, we'll link up to it and excited to see. You're launching on an interesting week. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I know I was like, you know what? Let me just do it before before the election and right after Halloween. That's perfect. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so uh, again, congratulations on the launch. I know these are these are big times when you're 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 letting your baby be seen by the you know the overall general public. I've been involved in a few of those, and just remember things that can go wrong will go wrong, but just breathe through it. <laughs> yep. No, and I already had my first hater on Twitter, and I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, they're talking about me. Oh, that's funny. You had your first hater already? Wow. I know. I was so excited. <laughs> My husband thought I was so weird. He's like, why are you excited about this? I'm like, because they're talking about me <laughs> that's right i i have i have the ability at least on my show is when someone's a hater then i embrace the suck you know i just go ahead and you know totally yeah you know, everything they say i read it on the show or whatever and that it just then the then the regular fans they come to my defense it's a, it's a little bit of gamemanship but uh it's, it's fun to do that yeah it, it was fun it's, it's going to be a great well, process <laughs> well Danielle, thank you for joining us. It was yeah. great to hear about your your project, and, and and we certainly wish you the most luck with it, and we will do what we can to support what you're doing. If anybody has questions, what's the best contact email for you, or how, what's the best way to get to you? Um, I am really responsive on Twitter, actually, uh, Twitter and Instagram, but actually just info at pod-booking.com is my email, and I'm, I'm really diligent on that as well. Or awesome. you can just join Podbooking and find me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's probably a good way to do it. Yeah. All right. That'll be my preferred uh, method of conversation soon. <laughs> for, thanks for joining us today and give us the 411 on what you've got going on. Yeah. Awesome. 100%. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. Congratulations. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. All right, Todd. That's, I well, love the excitement. She's really, yeah. really excited. So that to me Ooh. is, uh, um, that, that, that's going to carry that site a long, 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 long way. Right. So, yeah, I think so too. So it'll be interesting to see. It's, it's a little bit of a, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can kind of create a social uh, platform in the space that, um, that is beyond just what the conferences are doing. Right. 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 And what Facebook is doing. Um, but I agree with you, Todd, that there's a lot of, we all have a lot of distractions in our lives as it is, and it does add one more to the mix, right? Yeah. And it will, we'll know pretty quick if it takes a life on its own. Is right. the, the, the simple fact that she's got moderators already, that that's huge because 
Right. You podcasters, you guys just love to promote your show to other podcasters. And right. And if, it's if, not if, the smart thing to if do. If you did that, <laughs> is that good of a job promoting it to where your actually audience actually can't probably do that where your actual audience hangs out because they're gonna get pissed off. There's yeah. great we ought to do that as a topic, Rob, is talk about how to promote your show on social media. That that would probably make for an hour's worth of discussion on the show alone on the proper yeah. way to do that. Right. Right. And I think those, yeah, go ahead. Cause I agree with you, Todd, there's far too many podcasters that try and promote their podcasts to other podcasters and that's not going to work. No, <laughs> they, it's like, you know, it's, and yeah. granted, I listen to a lot of different shows because just because of what I do, what I do, but yeah, nothing more turns me off than being in a podcast help group and someone say, Hey, I'm, you know, if you're announcing show 100 or something like that, then awesome. You know, that's that's something to celebrate for any podcaster when they hit milestones. Right. But just right. promoting their their episode where they were drinking beer at a certain certain restaurant, I I, I don't care. So yeah. I care about that's them true. as podcasters, but I, as a podcaster, I don't care about them. <laughs> did I say that right, or did that come out wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Todd, did you see this? Uh, this announcement that AdsWiz that, that they're making um, advertising available to one million podcasts. Did you see this? No, I did not see that. Really? That's, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I sure guess I'm going to get it. We're all going to get a spam email from AdsWiz. Hey, we got advertising over here for you. It says here. Oh, I, okay. It's a million podcast episodes. Episodes. Okay. Not shows. Oh, now that, that's, that's, that's a, that's a little more believable. Right. So yeah. we just had a client that came in that I, I didn't even know this was possible. They're a, they're a very viable podcast. And, uh, I thought I had a lot of episodes. They just built, well, they have 14,000 episodes in their, wow. in their show. And, uh, they just went on our ad insertion program platform and, uh, we stress test rebuilding 14,000 episodes. That was, wow. if you're going to do a test, well, it wasn't a test. It was production. <laughs> right. It was, it was definitely a test. And that's right. <laughs> and you know, the, one of the, my devs came back and says, I need to tweak the auto scaling group a little more. And I said, well, you didn't plan for 14,000 at once. Right. And yeah. he said, exactly. Yeah. So I got to change an integer number to allow more auto scaling. <laughs> right. Instead of turning on 10 servers, you got to turn on 50, you know? So, yeah. Well, Hey, yeah. I wanted to, to thank, thank everybody for putting yeah. up with the, the new show format today. Um, you know, having two guests on. That was great. Um, yeah, it was definitely shook it up a little bit. Yeah. It actually happened by accident as well as everything with this show. Yeah. Doug sent me an email yesterday. Say, Hey, got some news. Can I be on? I'm like, yeah. And then Rob didn't tell me that he'd already booked Danella. So it, yeah. Anyway, we worked it out. <laughs> no planning because we never, we hardly have guests anymore. So, oh, great. We'll have a guest for the show. That's right. And then we get two back to back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sure on Wednesday we'll be back to uh, just you and I again. Yeah. And, and I think that's what most people prefer anyway, I think. But, um, and then that'll be the day after the big event here in the U.S. So, you know what? You know, I tell my team, no client calls on Wednesday. 
<laughs> don't book any well, client calls on Wednesday. Why is that? 50% of the people, well, everyone might be pissed off. Or 50% of people are going to be pissed off. It's not the day to be talking business deals with anybody right. on Wednesday. So we're, we're not doing any client calls on Wednesday. So does that mean that we're not doing a show on we're Wednesday? We're doing a show too? on Wednesday. Oh, we are definitely doing yeah. a show. But, but how do we, you know, so let's, let's put some, let's put some constraints in here. How are we going to, uh, I think we should be very careful on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, I think we don't usually get into politics. No, but it's such a, it's such a, it's going to be such a big topic. It's going to be hard to avoid. So I guess we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think it's probably going to be clear anything on Wednesday. No, I think about two months from now, they'll figure it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because they got to count 80 million mail-in ballots. Now think about that. Think about just the scale of that. Well, in some of the states, they can't even start counting them until right, the day right, of the election, which right. is the craziest thing in the world I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. you know, be, well, because guess what? People whisper. Yes, if, if they allowed people to count early, then they're going to say, oh, I saw more Trump ballots. Oh, I saw more Biden ballots. And then it just makes for more confusion. And it leaks out. Yeah. Right. Someone yeah. leaks a number, you know, some operative in there has an agenda because you know, it would. So yeah, there, there's no way they can yeah. process these this, ballots. This country needs a standardized election across the whole country. It's, it's yeah. How we're doing it. It's not, well, doesn't work very well. It's very hard to tell individual States what to do. They're self governed. Yeah. We forget yeah. about that. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's hard because they're stubborn. It's not, you know, it should be you know all done the same way in every state. So last so. night I went to dinner in Indiana. I didn't see. I, I saw your post on Facebook about it, that. No, no separation of tables. Everyone was now the, all the, it was, you know, they were being safe, wearing masks. The staff was wearing masks. And, uh, here in Michigan, I think we're 25%. So it's just um, five miles. It's <laughs> so much difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you said it was like it's like a whole other world. Yeah, here. I'm living. In, I'm like I moved to a different planet or some different country. It's, it's like oh my god, and my and before it's like you know America from one state line to the next. There's really no difference, but you know maybe just a little bit of personality. But you know, oh my god, it was definitely very. And you know what? People were happy, right. singing happy birthday. It was, it was, it was, you know, it was like, wow. It was, it was like, did I just fly into a different dimension so, or what? And so in yeah. two, and a week from now, if I've got COVID, I'll know that wasn't so, so bright, but you know, if it, no, everyone was, you know, it was four of us, my mom, my sister and her husband and right. just had right. dinner and we were in a booth and we didn't set at a table. Um, but, but I will admit I went to one particular store. Distinct differences between Walmarts in Michigan and Walmarts in Indiana. No one at the door, no spraying of hands, no nothing. And 90% of the people in Walmart were not wearing masks. Whereas in Michigan, there's a guy at the door that doesn't let you in unless you have a mask. Right. And you can only go in one entrance and out another. So, that blew me away that Walmart doesn't have a national policy no strategy. Right. Right. And it, they've left it up to individual stoners and States that, that was what 
shocked me the most because here you have a national chain. Right. And I thought to myself, wow, really? I was, that, that wowed me more than anything because I would have expected a national chain to have the same policy across the entire country. Right. I would and, think so too. And if you like it or not, you know, it's their policy, but it, it really blew me away. It really, really did. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was, and come on, Walmart. Yeah, get your shit together. Let's have a one <laughs> one policy across the United States. Right. Yeah, that's so, true. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, sir. We'll see you thank later, you. everybody. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us on this um, different episode for the New Media Show. Yeah. So, okay. appreciate it. We'll see you and next. And we'll see everybody on Wednesday. Wednesday Thanks. at 3 p.m. Eastern, newmediashow.com is the place. If you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button when you come over to the website. If you're watching via YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Thanks, everybody. Thank we'll see you next time here on the New Media Show. Take care. Oh, you know what we forgot, Rob? What? Todd at blueberry.com at Geek News. Where are you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenlee, and uh, you can reach me in email, uh, robg at lipson.com. We did have one person complain that they don't know how to contact us, so I'll be adding our contacts in the show notes today. All right, we're out of here. Okay, that's fine. Yep, bye. All right, bye.